Hey, look, just wanted to say a welcome to our friends, uh, Derek and Fiona Best. Um, Derek's going to come in a moment, and, um, uh, and we're going to release the meeting over into his hands. Derek's been a, we've known him for a number of years, been a, uh, a youth pastor back in the days. He was, um, we were on staff at Victory Church where Derek was the executive pastor. And uh, then he had a time in, um, in sort of the datacom world, went out into the, felt God calling him back into the business world, and now has his feet in both camps. And uh, so is now leading Grace Church in Auckland. And Grace Church want to uh, link um, together with Hope Center, become a sister church to Hope Center Lower Hut. And uh, we think that's a great idea. Uh, so why don't you put your hands together and give Derek Best a really great, warm Hope Center welcome as he comes up. Well, good evening. Man, I tell you, it is so, so good to be here. And uh, we really love and appreciate Paul and Jody uh, and the connection uh, that we have with them. Um, some of you might not realize, but yes, we are from Auckland, and we're busted out for today. Um, and uh, you know, we had Seth, and we had Shona, and we had Nathaniel. I can't see where he's gone, but uh, behind, oh, it's, still, it's still going. Uh, they were up, uh, I think it was like September, August, something like that, uh, at Grace for a weekend, and we just had an amazing weekend. And then the next Sunday we had church and, the, and the, there's just the river of God was just continuing to flow. And we have not met as a church since that Sunday. <sighs> I tell you, I tell you, we've met on Zoom, but to be together is just something incredible. And, uh, oh, that worship was just therapy and uh, wonderful. So uh, I just want to uh, thank you and um, for, for your welcome and... Uh, got a few things just to share tonight, and uh, the first one, I was kind of going, oh, Lord, should I share this? And, um, and then Paul gets up and starts talking about stretching. You know, I was supposed to be here last year sometime, uh, and then they locked us down, put a border up. Most people are still regretting that they've taken the border away. They feel that Auckland is better on the other side of a military line, you know. Uh, a, few, a few of you here, yeah, a strong amen from the front row down here. I'm preaching to this side tonight. <laughs> um, but but when, I came, when I was preparing to come last year, uh, the Lord dropped a couple of things in my heart that were just so strong that in the weeks that I was, as I was preparing messages for grace, I'd be, I'd be trying to get into the Word and, and prepare this message, but the burden for this Word for this house kept coming to me. And I saw a picture, and it was a picture of a hippo with its mouth open. Yeah, I know, I'm going to get to that in a minute. Uh, with its mouth open fully wide. And these large hands were on the top and bottom drawer, jaw, and they were stretching it open even further. Now, the first thing, of course, I say to the Lord, I say, yeah, this is the first time I'm speaking to this church, and you want me to say, I saw a hippo. <laughs> that's, that's, that's not a way to win friends and influence people. But I saw a hippo, and his mouth was open. You know, the amazing thing about hippos is they have one of the largest mouths of, 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 in, in wildlife. 
half a meter wide. It can open to over a meter in, in length. And it can open up to 150 degrees. Imagine opening your mouth 150 degrees. Imagine the amount of food you could get in there all at once. Ah, oh, so good. So what does that say? A hippo, a hippo might not speak to you, but it speaks to me very powerfully of a prophetic people. A prophetic people, a big mouth. Seth's um, pastor's day, and I was in the function room, and I was thinking about taking up grace. We were still walking through the decision with the Lord, and, and, um, and Sarah got up with a guitar, and boom, the first strum of the guitar, and the Lord spoke to me. And he recommissioned me for ministry. After 10 years in the corporate world, no one praying for me, no one laying hands on me, but God came and he spoke because I came into a prophetic house. That's the house that you live in. Second time I came, raging fire last year. Looking forward to raging fire. I'll be back. And uh, same thing happened upstairs, pastor's day. First chord on the, on the keyboard was probably Nathaniel again. Um, and again, the Lord just spoke straight away because this is a prophetic house. But I believe what the Lord is saying is he's saying that even though you are known for a, as being a prophetic house, he is going to stretch the gift. And he said there are two places that he wants to stretch it, in declaration and proclamation. They kind of sound the same thing, but in declaration, it is declaring what is true now. And I tell you what, there is a movement throughout the earth to declare what is not true as if it is true. But I'm going to tell you that this will be a house who will get a revelation from God and who will speak the truth as it is in heaven into the natural with authority and things are going to change. And he's going to stretch you in that. That's declaration. The second one is proclamation. The word proclamation is interesting. You know, the, that prefix pro, it's about forward. It's about for. It's about ahead of. You think of other words like progress. You know, things moving forward. Propel. Um, here's one that a few of us will know about, or maybe not, maybe not down here. Procrastinate. You can take something and you can push it into the future. So when the Lord says he wants to stretch you in your proclaim, he is talking about this house being able to speak into your future and call it into being. To lay claim of the things that he is saying. And I just believe that the Lord is saying that he is going to increase your accuracy and your authority and your sphere of influence in the prophetic realm. That there are places where that this church has been able to speak into in communities and, and areas like that. But God is going to start stretching you out. And there's going to be further areas that you can speak into. Further areas where you can declare the truth and you can proclaim things for the future. You can claim them today. And so I just, I just speak that over this place. Lord, I pray, Father, for, for even as you spoke through Paul this evening, Lord, that this is a time of stretching. Lord, we speak to this gift. We speak to this entrustment, this, this, this covering of prophetic anointing on this house. And Lord, I pray that every single one of them, Lord God, would be open to stretching. Not always comfortable stretching, 
But Lord, that they would stretch, they would be willing to seek you even more earnestly. That the revelation would come with more accuracy and more authority, Lord, and more clarity, Lord God. And Lord, that we would see things change in this realm, Lord God, as they are in heaven. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Not bad for a hippo, right? <laughs> oh, fantastic. I'm just going to, you'll have to excuse the drinks breaks. You know, we're from COVID central. I'm, I'm, I'm just, just getting over the old bug, but uh, a couple of weeks ago now, so I'm not contagious. <laughs> Much to some people's disappointment. Not naming any names. Awesome. So tonight, I just want to talk a little bit about, again, it's along the lines of stretching. I think one of my calls to the church is to carry a bit of a prodding stick. You know, to, to, it's not a great call, but it's something that I believe that, that as, as the people of God, we are called to be the most dynamic, the most influential, and most authoritative people on the face of the planet in history. We are the people of God. And you know what? Um, tonight I want to talk about a promise to contend for. A promise to contend for. Late last year there was a theme that started coming through in, in Grace Church and, and it was about contending for the things of God. You know, we all like it when God speaks a word and, and, things, and, he, and he rushes in and he does it for us. Isn't that wonderful? Who loves a good miracle? I love that. But you know what? There is, there is a, a, a part of the character of God that says he wants us to contend for things. He's won the victory, but we still need to win. We need to fight the fight and, and, and walk out those things that God has, has, has won um, in the spirit. So tonight, if you want to turn with me to 2 Corinthians 1.20, I want to talk about the promises of God spoken over your life. You know, you're a people of purpose. Every person has a purpose. Every person has promises of God, things that the Lord has spoken over them. And I love this scripture in 2 Corinthians 1 and verse 20. It says this, for no matter how many promises God has made, no matter how many, he's probably made quite a few. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. They are yes in Christ, so that through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. This speaks of an incredible partnership. An incredible partnership. But you're a people of promise. You are a people of purpose. God has spoken things into your heart. He has spoken things into your life. And they are yes in Christ. They are yes, they are assured. You know, I, um, I grew up in a Christian family. Uh, but by the time I was 16, I was off doing my own thing. Uh, but what, one of the earliest times I remember the Lord speaking to me. I wasn't walking with the Lord, but I was 16 years old. And I was trying to work out what I wanted to do for a career. You know, it's that, you know, you, you, you're trying to work out what subjects to take in year 13. It was Form 7 back then, you know, back in the late 1900s, as I've been told. It was about, it's like, yeah, 
there are some, there are some smart aleck young kids around here. Um, so, so I was 16, and I just remember we'd had meetings with career advisors, and mum and dad were, were trying to encourage me into different things and look at different stuff, and I just remember being exasperated. And, 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 and even though I wasn't walking with the Lord, I'd been brought up in a Christian house, and I just remember saying one day in my bedroom going, God, what do you want me to do? And even though I didn't recognize it at the time, he spoke back to me straight away. And he says, I want you to be a minister. And I'm like going, are you serious? That's just, that's ridiculous. I was the shyest, uh, introvertest, little kind of 16-year-old you'd ever find. And here's, here's the Lord speaking to me about being a minister. Wasn't even saved. It was years later when I got saved and, and leadership started coming around me and and I started to step into different things. And, and really, it wasn't for another 20 years until that whole idea. And, and we're all ministers. You don't need to have a profession of ministry to be a minister. You know, we're all there, right? But when you sense that the, the Word of God is the call to the church, there is, there is something about it that 20 years later, when I finally came on, on staff at VCC, and uh, 20 years for that promise to, to kind of come to pass. And then I thought, excellent, we're off. Finally, we're seeing the fulfillment of what God said. And 18 months later, he said, lay it down. <laughs> 20 years. This is a promise that is yes in Christ. Then 18 months later, he says, lay it down. And it wasn't for another eight or nine years when, when again, you know, some of it was God taking me on places, taking me to wilderness, shaping me. Some of it was me running away, hiding, avoiding, you know. But the promise never died. The promise didn't leave me alone, and neither will yours. It is yes in Christ. It is assured. It is as surely as the Lord lives, the promise that God has shown you, that the word that God has spoken into your heart, even if it has not come to pass yet, has not died. It is yes in Christ. It is yes in Christ. And tonight I want to speak to those promises that sit in you. Some of you will be pursuing them, running hard with them, and that's fantastic. Some of you will have things that you're kind of waiting for things to come to pass. There's this promise and you're, you're waiting for the right time. But also there's promises, I believe, sitting in the hearts in this house that are just kind of a memory. They were for back then. We tried and it didn't happen. But the Lord says tonight, if I've spoken it into your heart, it still lives. It is still yes in Christ. It is still yes in Christ. You know, his yes means that it is true. That word, it's interpreted, it's, it's faithful, it's certain, it's assured. And then the scripture goes on to say that through him, we can utter amen. When we know that God is a, is, a, is a God of his word, when he says what he says, and that cannot be refuted, it cannot be canceled out, we can then say amen. We can agree with it. We can align with it. 
And through him, we can shape our lives to agree with his promise in our lives. And I just have that real sense that there are promises in this house, you know. Many of them will sit in the hearts of Paul and Jody and the leaders. But you know what? We are all living stones in God's house. You have a purpose that is individual, and, and it comes and it contributes to, to, to the corporate um, work of God through this house. You have something in you. And you know, it's, it's, it's fantastic that sometimes you know, we, we, we hear the promise, and, and, and it's, uh, it's all flashing lights and bells and whistles and goosebumps. You know, God's speaking, and it's all exciting. And it's like, let's go. And then you go on and you try some things out and suddenly it doesn't, you find it's not always quite as easy. There's a few bumps in the road. You know, because you have an adversary that is contending to take it away from you. In fact, there are three adversaries that the scriptures call out. The devil, the world, and the flesh. And they conspire to rob you of your promise. And so tonight I want to ask you, are you willing to contend for the promise of God on your life? Are you willing to fight? Are we a church that, that, that just is, is in for the easy ride or are we in for the God ride? That says no matter what comes, I'm going to overcome this. No matter how big the giants get, I'm going to face them up. There's a contention that's happening. And I tell you what, the church is a powerful, powerful force that I think sometimes we surrender too easily. Sometimes we lay down too quickly. But the promises are worth contending for because they are the purpose of God in the earth because we are plan A. We're plan A. This is what God has done. Jesus came to establish the church. People filled with the Spirit of God designed to undo the work of the devil, to advance the kingdom of God. Oh, the influence of the Spirit, the promise of His, of his name and everything that comes with it. We are plan A. But sometimes we've got to contend for the promise. So tonight I just want to, I want to go to an Old Testament scripture in, in Joshua chapter 14. I'm going to read it through, and then I'm just going to kind of wander around inside it for a little bit. Hope that's okay. If, if you like going in order, then you'll have to get the recording and like cut and paste things around. Um, but I'm just going to jump around as, as, as I feel led. Joshua chapter 14 and verses 6 to 12. Joshua has led the Israelites into the promised land. So they are in a place of promise. But the, the main army, the, the fighting as a nation is dispersing and the land is being divided up for the, just the final kind of taking possession of. And we'll pick it up in, chapter, in, in verse 6 of Joshua 14. Now the people of Judah approached Joshua at Gilgal and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, that's how you really say it, I'm sure, um, the Kenizzite said to him, You know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God at Kadesh Barnea, 
about you and me. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land. And I brought back I brought him back a report according to my convictions. How good is that? But my fellow Israelites who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt with fear. I, however, followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. So on that day, Moses swore to me, the land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance and that of your children forever because you have followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. Now then, just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive for 45 years. Since the time he said this to Moses, while Israel moved about the wilderness, so here I am today, 85 years old. I'm still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Now give me this hill country that the Lord has promised me that day. You yourself heard then that the Anakites were there and their cities were large and fortified. But the Lord helping me, I will drive them out just as he said. I love Caleb. I love his, I love his, his, uh, you know, there's all sorts of words I like to use, you know, but his, he, he is, he's a tough guy. He's a warrior. He's a fighter. He's one of the two oldest guys in the nation. And he's come to, come to Joshua to claim his promise. A promise that was given to him 45 years ago. 45 years. Anyone else got some promises from 45 years ago? that still burn enough that you would rock up to the leader of the nation. And, he, and basically, I, I love, the, I love the, inter- the, the, um, the interpretations that say, give me this mountain. Give it to me. And that's the spirit we've got to have with the promises of God. Lord, give me this promise. Doesn't matter how, how long ago it came about. He was 40 years old when he got that. He spent 40 years wandering the wilderness. Five years fighting all of the kites, the Amalekites and the Hittites and the, you know, all the ites, getting them out, taking possession of the land. And now here he is, one of the two oldest guys in the nation. Everyone who was of his age has already died. Buried in a hole somewhere in the wilderness. But he's still there. He's still there. And in verse 12, he says, give me my promise this day. Give it to me this day. I'm ready to go and fight for it. Doesn't matter how old your promise is. It's still alive. It is yes in Christ. Maybe it's a a vision that you had. Maybe it was a dream. Maybe it was something that you desired in your heart long ago. And maybe you've shelved it. Maybe you've pushed it aside and said it's never going to happen. But I tell you what, Jesus, if he spoke it into your heart, he says it's still possible. Are you willing to contend for it? Are you willing to fight for it? Are you willing to come to me and claim it? Are you willing to align yourself 
It's still yes in Christ. Are we willing to, to, to pay the price of an amen, of an alignment and an agreement? To shape our lives in a way that's going to lay hold of the promise of God and pull it into today. You know, his promise was not the easiest. It was not the easiest place that he was asking for. The oldest guy in the land. And he was asking for the prime place. Why? Because that was what God had said. It was the hill country. It was mountainous. It's actually Hebron. If you go and have a look at at photos of Hebron, you'll see mountainous places, hill country, easily defendable. Had the largest fortifications. And it was occupied by the sons of Anak. Who knows who the sons of Anak were? John and Tony. No. The sons of Anak, they, they were giants. Think Goliath, but just think a city full of them. So here's the oldest guy with a promise from 45 years ago coming to the leader saying, give me this promise, even though it makes no sense because of my age, even though it makes no sense because of all sorts of other reasons, even because the giants are the biggest, the, the, the forts are the strongest, but I'm saying that give me this promise. I'm willing to go fight. I'm ready to fight today as well as I was 45 years ago. And is that our heart? Are we willing to contend with some things in in the world? Are we willing to contend with the devil? And are we willing to contend with our flesh in order to lay hold of the promises of God? I love what what Beth was saying about about the, the, the past of this church with with the prayer and the 24 hours. And, and you know, there are so many promises that, that live on this house for revival for this nation, for an outpouring of the Spirit that will just sweep across the land and into the lands of the world. Are we willing to contend for it, to align our lives, to shape our lives, to pay the price, to stretch? To stretch to see the promises of God pulled out of faith, pulled out of heaven and seen as as reality in the world. You know, not only was was he going against these giants, the biggest fortifications, easily defendable landscape, not just that he was the oldest guy, but the, the army of Israel was disbanding. All of the tribes were going their own way. So here's these strongholds with these giants that he is going to take on with just his tribe. With just his tribe. You know, sometimes we look around and we say, man, if only I had this, I'd be able to go after the promise of God. If I wait for that, there's some resources that I could use, but I don't have at the moment. But you know what? There's something about the call of God that says, what can you do now with what I've placed in your hand? What are you willing to do now? What can you do today 
to work towards your promise, to align yourself with God, what God has. Because I tell you what, if you would stand up and start pressing towards your promise, no matter how big or small it may seem, I can guarantee a tribe will gather around you. A tribe will gather around you. Caleb just had his tribe. The tribe of Judah came with him when he approached, when he approached Joshua. I love that. Just Caleb and his tribe. This old guy, this old warrior who'd seen battles and fought fights, and, but had a promise that burned in his heart that he knew was assured because God had promised him something. And he had followed the Lord wholeheartedly. In verse 8, there's this, there's this incredible statement where he talks about how he had gone up from Kadesh Barnea into the promised land to spy out the land, and he brought back an account according to his convictions. And you'll know the story that he says, surely we can take this land now. But the others melted with fear. You know, sometimes we can have something of a promise of God and we can be pursuing it and we can be excited about it. But suddenly you come across some people who don't have the same faith, who don't see the same outcomes, who, who, who start to doubt and who start to melt away and people's hearts melt with fear. Sometimes other people's lack of faith and lack of, of conviction in the promise causes things to derail. And this was true for Caleb, even though he was absolutely convinced that they could take the land. Because of the lack of faith of others, he spent 40 years in the wilderness. But the promise didn't die. The promise didn't die. The lack of faith didn't kill it. The 40 years in the wilderness didn't kill it. All his mates dying around him didn't kill it. People, people who, would, who would travel with him for a while and then disappear, that didn't disappear when they walked off. He was, he was assured of the promise and he was holding on to it and he was willing to fight. He was willing to fight. And I love the scriptures that, 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 down in verse 12. The NIV doesn't quite interpret it with, with the same kind of level of uh, a detail that, that, that some of the breakdown of the word does, but it, it talks about Sorry, I'm just going to go down and, and find it. So now give me this hill country that the Lord has promised me that day. You heard yourself that the Anakites were there and the cities were large and fortified. It says, but the Lord helping me. But with the Lord helping me, I will drive them out. And I love this because actually when you break down the meaning of those words, it's not a, he's not completely convinced that this is going to work. I love how, how some of the others put it. They say, um, it may be that the Lord will be with me. Yeah, I'm 85 years old. I've just got my tribe. I'm going up against giants with the biggest fortified cities. And hey, maybe the Lord will be with me. Another one says, perhaps with the Lord's help, I'll be able to drive them out. You know what I love about this is because this speaks to me. 
You know, in the realm of faith, there is, there is, uh, there is complete confidence, isn't there? You know, there's, at the end of the spectrum, there's, I'm, I just totally believe there's no way this can fail. Down the other end, there's, there's absolute doubt, trembling with fear, dismissal of any possible good outcome. But in the middle, there's this tension that, that so many of us live in. You know, and it's this maybe space. And even in faith, there can be maybe. I love this because Caleb says, you know what? I'm not even sure that this is going to work out. Doesn't make any sense to my head, but in my heart, I know that perhaps the Lord will be with me. You know, there's different types of maybes. I don't know if you've ever asked your mates for some help. You know, ah, got to put in a drain, got to dig a trench. Want to come and help me on Saturday? Oh, maybe. Otherwise interpreted as not a chance. Uh, you know, there's, there's a no maybe. But then there's another type of maybe. There's a, oh, there's a possibility here. There's a leaning forward kind of maybe. And I love it that Caleb had maybe faith. A leaning forward maybe. It wasn't a maybe that pushed him into paralysis and inaction. It was a maybe that says, I'm going to step out and see what God does. Because God is attracted to movement. Faith without works is dead. But faith with works, someone who wants to step out and move and take a risk, that attracts the heart and the attention of the Lord. You know, I believe that the Lord can handle our doubts in the midst of a faith action. He says, I understand that it makes no sense to your head what you're trying to do. But I understand that there's something in your heart, and if that thing that's in your heart will override what's in your head, and even with your doubts, you'll step out in faith, you'll step towards the possible, then God is going to come through, and we're going to head into the promises that God has for us. But Caleb was willing to contend. There was nothing that was going to get in his way of his promise. And I don't know where you're at tonight. Maybe, maybe, you've, uh, maybe you've got some promises that have been shelved for a while. Maybe there were some words back in the day that you haven't seen come to pass yet. I'm here to say that they are still yes in Christ. They are still yes in Christ. You might be 85 years old. I'm not going to find out who's the oldest person here. But you know, you know what I mean? Some days I feel 85. But if God has spoken a promise to your heart and you are willing to contend for it, I believe that God is still willing to move powerfully to see it come to pass. Because God is a God who has established the church, which is a people of purpose and promise. And he equips and he, uh, and he enables and he comes through. And he asks us to step out in faith and he asks us to contend. He asks us to, to do things for him and in his name so that he can come through. And if we go back to that first scripture in, first, uh, in 2 Corinthians, it says, through him... The amen is spoken by us, not for our glory, 
but for His. But for His. So that when we're stepping out in faith and we're seeing promises come to pass that make no sense in your head, there's no explanation other than God came through for us. God promised this. And as we've contended, God came through and we now see it in the natural. If the music team could come, I'll just finish up here. I believe that, that we are a people with, that, that we are the most authoritative, the most influential, the most powerful people ever to walk the face of the earth. The people of God. That's who the church is. That's who the church is. That's, who, that's what Jesus came to establish. And tonight in worship, we experience the just incredible anointing of the Spirit. It's the power by which God moves. And we are people of promise and purpose. And I believe God is going to come through. And I believe that there are some things that live in the hearts of people in this house that are again going to be resurrected. That the Spirit of God is going to come and He's going to breathe on them again. Because your promise has not died of old age. Your promise has not died of old age. Maybe it's going to require some hard work. Maybe it's going to require some battles and some fights. Maybe it's going to require some, some internal looking for, for this alignment, for this amen. There's going to be some things that we have to trim and some things that we have to stretch. But God is a God of His promise. And if we will lay hold of that and say, give me this mountain. Give me this mountain this day. If the promise of God lives in you, then pursue it with everything you've got. Caleb followed the Lord wholeheartedly. And the Lord will show himself mighty on your behalf. You go on to the other scriptures back in Joshua. And it talks about the outcome that Caleb did indeed take that land. And it was the inheritance of his children forever. Because he trusted God and he held on to a promise. Even though it was 45 years in a wilderness with people dying all around him. People disappointing him. But yet he stood on the promise of God. And today, you know, you have everything you need to keep moving forward. You have everything you need. The Spirit of God is in you and on you. The promise of God is in you and on you. And I don't know, maybe tonight, like he did to me in that room just across the hallway a bit over a year ago, there's going to be a recommissioning of the promises of God in your heart. Something that's going to burst it back into life. You know, I, I, the, what the Lord spoke to me in that room that night wasn't anything that I hadn't heard before. But it burst to life again in me. It came back to life the promise of God, the purpose of God in my life, and I believe He'll do it for you as well. Even if all you have is a maybe faith. Even if you have doubt. Even if there's things where, where your head is screaming at your heart, what on earth are you doing? Don't let it paralyze you into, into not moving. If we will step into faith, if we will move towards God, He's okay with a bit of doubt. 
because it is our action that he responds to. He sees that faith and he responds. Maybe tonight starts with a decision. Maybe it's about some alignment with the things that God's asking you to do. Let's that amen. Because we know the promise is yes. Maybe the Lord wants to recommission you. Maybe tonight is a night where you can declare into your now the promise of God. And you can proclaim into your future what you desire to see in your heart. Spirit of God, we just welcome you right now. We thank you, Lord, that, that your word is truth. Lord, that is, it is irrefutable. That is, it is irreversible. Lord, that nothing can kill it. Nothing can really take it out, Lord. And tonight we just ask, Lord, we open our hearts and we say, come again. Holy Spirit, breathe afresh, Lord, on the words and the promises that live in the hearts of the people of this house. Lord, I thank you for those who are pursuing wholeheartedly right now what you have, what, what you have promised them. Lord, I pray, Father, for your anointing, Lord of the Spirit, to continue to burn up brightly. Lord, I pray for victory after victory as they contend with things that try and take it away. Lord, that we would see the, the kingdom of God advance mightily that we would see the, 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 the gates of hell crumble in the face of the church who is willing to press on to the, get the promises of God. And Lord, I just speak resurrection power into every promise, Lord God, that has been let go dim, that has been put aside, that has been dismissed. And Lord, I say, revive it again, Lord. Revive it again. Revive it again. Revive it again, Lord. Have your way. Have your way. May this people of promise and this people of purpose see you move mightily on their behalf, Lord. May the contention that we have for the promise, we may be more than overcomers. Oh, through your power and your promise. In Jesus' name. Amen.